thank him today. Hallelujah. 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 I'm so thankful that I know the King of kings and the Lord of lords. Amen. And I'm glad that I can feel his presence in this place today. It is so good to see all of you here. I pray that you're ready for the word of God. If you're not, something's wrong because everything that has been done so far has been done to bring us into the presence of the Lord and to hear his word. It is that word. The psalmist said that he has magnified his word above his name. As powerful as his name is, And as much as we praise the name, it is the word that he has lifted above all those things. And we must never forget that. The word is preeminent over everything else in our life. For a moment, would you go with me to the book of Luke chapter 24. Luke, the 24th chapter, and I'm going to begin reading with uh, verse number 36. This is after the resurrection. And as you can imagine, the lives of Jesus' disciples were in great turmoil and they were very uncertain of their future. Verse 36 says, And as they thus spake, and this is just as the Two men from Emmaus return with their visitation story and they've shared that with the disciples and those that were gathered together. And as they thus spake, Jesus himself stood in the midst of them and saith unto them, Peace be unto you. But they were terrified and affrighted and supposed that they had seen a spirit. And he said unto them, Why are you troubled? And why do thoughts arise in your hearts? Behold my hands and my feet, that it is I myself. Handle me and see, for a spirit hath not flesh and bones, as you may see me have. When he had thus shown, he he showed them his hands and his feet. And verse 41 says, And while they yet believed not for joy, they're still struggling with their faith, they wondered. He said unto them, Have you here any meat? I want to go to one more passage of scripture found in the book of Proverbs chapter 23 and verse number 7. The wise man said, For as he thinketh in his heart, so is he. As he thinketh in his heart, so is he. You have to understand the context within which this verse is found. It's connected to the previous verses about eating bread with a man or an individual that has an evil eye or one who is stingy. 
and it seems so out of place until you understand what he was referring to. And I'm going to use those two passages. Jesus asked them two questions. Why are you troubled? And why do thoughts arise in your heart? I want to talk to you for a little while about the trouble with thoughts. Everybody said amen. Amen. God bless you. You may be seated. I will admit to you this morning that I do not have a polished sermon to deliver, but I do believe that I have a word for somebody, a rhema word, a personal word. Two times in Scripture there is mention of the word. One uh, is logos, the other is rhema. Uh, The rhema word was a word that was spoken individually, personally, to people so that God could intervene in their life. And I believe that that's the kind of word that God has given us today. The power of our thoughts is greater than many of us even fully understand. For it is our thoughts that shape our lives and more importantly, they shape our view of life. Our thoughts do that. Not reality, but our thoughts. All of it uh, is, is so influential in our life. And you and I both know that all that it takes to disrupt a beautiful scene is for a certain thought to come into your mind. And all of a sudden, the scene is lost. The beauty of the moment is lost because a thought has captured your attention. We may arise early in the morning singing and worshiping, then suddenly some unbidden thought comes creeping in and that creeping thing takes control of our mind. And in that same moment, the heavens are closed and it becomes cloudy in our lives and in our minds and the music ceases because a thought has interrupted that visitation. Things have not changed in the least from the time of the beginning until now. Everything has its purpose. And the burden of the day is something that is common to all of us. But it grows heavier when we allow the wrong thoughts to invade our thinking. Under the tyranny of these invading thoughts... We can see the worst and not the best. And no one can achieve real peace in their life until they learn how to take control of their thoughts. You cannot build a beautiful home or a house out of dirty or discolored bricks, whether it be externally or whether it be internally. The power of our thoughts are so tremendous over our happiness that we sometimes fail to understand just how influential they are. And our character, our character is shaped so many times by those invading thoughts that we allow 
to come in and capture the moment. Here is something that you and I both need to understand today. You're a thought away from defeat. And you're also a thought away from victory. It just depends on the direction in which you allow your thoughts to take you. That is the power of the thoughts that are in your mind. In Proverbs 23, it is an oft-quoted scripture. And when it came to me this morning, I had forgotten the context within which it was set And uh, sometimes, you know, we read a little portion of Scripture and we take it out of the context and we lose some of the importance of what is being said. But the powerful truth is that for as he thinketh in his heart, so is he. Now, here's what you have to understand. Here is an illustration that is given to us of the power of our thoughts in our lives and over our lives. And it is a most graphic portrayal of a truth that you will find in Scripture of just how powerful and how invading a thought can be in your life. Most scholars agree it is one of the most difficult passages of Scripture to interpret. But when you look at it, it is a captivating illustration of the power that our thoughts have over our life. Here's what you need to imagine. First of all, that scripture is set in the context of having a meal with a greedy person. And it is actually made in reference to that greedy person. That it doesn't matter what he says, it doesn't matter what kind of show that he puts on, he is captivated by a thought that makes him uh, have a hard time swallowing what he's doing for you. Greedy people have a hard time giving and sharing. And uh, the other thing is you need to be careful where you sit down to take your meals. You don't want to sit down and take a meal with a greedy person. But that's another sermon all its own. But the point is that it, it's, it's an image that is drawn of us. Imagine with me, if you will, that you have been invited to have uh, a dinner with the queen and the king of England, and it's the royal installation of Prince uh, of, of King Charles and, and his wife. <clears throat> I, I cannot even imagine the splendor and the glory. Now, I know some of our ladies are really great at decorating. And when I, I look back, I see some of our wonderful ladies and, and I realize, uh, how, how they would set their house and, and the decor. I, I just, I don't want to start calling names, but there's some of you that I know that if you were to put on a feast, it would be eye popping. It would be mouth opening. It would be jaw dropping. Beautiful. It's just when you walk in, you're wild. Well, that's the kind of setting that you're in. Imagine being invited to the meal with the President of the United States. Now, whether you like the President now or not has nothing to do with it. Just think about the office, the prestige of the office. I'm not being political today, but I'll do that on another Sunday. But today I'm just trying to get a point across. Just imagine what it must be like, the elegance 
Everything is in place. The butlers, the food, the china, the crystal. Imagine that. Can you get a picture of that? Sitting there, the president's on your right. The chief staff is on your left. All around you are all of these powerful and important people. All of the cabinet members are there. All of their wives, all of the who's who. Elon Musk and, and, and Bill Gates and all the multi-billionaires of the world, they're all sitting around. Can you imagine being invited to a place like that? I was invited to pray one time at a, <clears throat> at a meeting, a gathering in downtown Houston. Uh, it was to uh, celebrate uh, an achievement, actually, of Greg Abbott before he became... Uh, the, the governor of the state of Texas. He was awarded an achievement because of his outstanding service in the community. And I was allowed to come in and, and say the prayer. And I was like, uh, I don't even know how to describe it. I was like a fish out of water. I sat down at this table and there's a diplomat from one nation here and another diplomat from another nation there. And there's this very powerful judge there. And I don't even know how to converse with people like that. And you're sitting there and you're looking around and you think, how did a boy from Wichita Falls wind up in a place like this? And that's what I would feel like <clears throat> when I was in that. You're surrounded. Imagine that. Just imagine, who, who's your who, who? who? Who's your list of who's who? And just imagine being invited to a meal where all of those people were present and you had opportunity to converse with them. The problem is <clears throat> you get a hair in your throat. Now, my wife's already ducking her head. Babe, I didn't make this up. This is in the Bible. In the Hebrew, that is exactly what is intended by the thoughts that are spoken here. That in spite of what the man is putting on on the outside, there's something going on inside that is preventing him from enjoying the moment maybe like you are. And it's it literally means... One translation of that portion refers to having a hair in your throat. Now, I'm not trying to be gross. I'm trying to make a point. Imagine you're sitting with the president and the vice president and the cabinet and all of the rich and wealthy people. You're sitting with King Charles and Camilla and, and Prince uh, whatever and, 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 and prince whoever and, and, and all of these all of these kings from around the world. You're at this table with all of these dignities, all of this beauty, all of this wonder and all of this glory. The only problem is you have a hair in your throat. All of a sudden, you forget you got a president on your right side. You forget you got the vice president on your left side. All of a sudden, the beauty is stolen by something else going on 
in your life. A hair is in your throat. How can you enjoy a meal? You know, like I, I'm just being honest with you. You never get a hair fully swallowed. It doesn't matter. <laughs> you know what? Maybe we needed a visiting minister in here today. You hadn't heard from me in a long time. But it's, I mean, you, can, you just keep swallowing. It's like an oyster. It never wants to go completely down. And what the scripture is trying to tell us and teach us is that's the power of a thought in your life. You can be in the best setting. You can be on the verge of the greatest opportunity of your life. But some thought gets lodged in your mind and you lose track of everything that is around you. Imagine, you, you, this, this is mind-boggling. Jesus said, I'm going to die, but I'm going to come back to life, yeah. and you're going to see me. His disciples said, yes, Jesus, we believe that, Jesus, until he died. Everybody believes until something bad happens. And all of a sudden it's like, oh, oh, did we, oh, we're, we're, I mean, we've, we followed him for three and a half years. He's very much alive. He's already shown himself to these men on the road to Emmaus and they're so overjoyed that he's revealed himself to them. They come hurrying back to Jerusalem to tell the disciples, he's alive. He really has risen. He's alive. His body's not been stolen. He's not been, we've not been duped or tricked into believing something about what he said. And, and they're sharing this and they're sitting there dumbfounded just like some of you are looking at me right now what in the world is he doing up there today anyway why didn't he have a visiting minister today maybe we need to have a visit you're, you're, they're sitting there looking and, and they're hearing but they're not really hearing and so the Lord said okay I'm going to help you guys out and all of a sudden, he just appears in their midst. He doesn't open a door. He doesn't knock. He just there. The Bible said he was there. And Jesus looked at them and said, why are you troubled? Now, I understand that question. Why are you troubled? Why wouldn't you be troubled? I mean, for three and a half years, you followed this man. You gave up your fishing career. You gave up all the other plans you had for your life. And all of a sudden, he's dead. And now you're, you're being told he's alive again, but you don't have proof of that yet. So it's understandable that they have troubles in their mind or they're disturbed or they're agitated. The problem that I had when I read this portion of Scripture is why did he go on and say, and why do thoughts arise in your heart? Now the word thought 
in, in Proverbs comes from a word that means gateway, a gateway. A thought is a gateway somewhere. Just like those doors right there are a gateway somewhere. Those doors right there are a gateway somewhere. T- you go out those doors and you're going somewhere. They say that the Barnum and Bailey, P.T. Barnum, made multiplied hundreds of dollars in the early years of his uh, carnival thing in New York City because he had a sign that was put up in a place and it said toward to the egress. And people, they were just, my Lord, we've seen elephants and we've seen flying trapezes and all of these. What, What is an egress? And so they hurry down that hall to the egress and when they stepped through the door, they were in an alleyway. And they had to go back around and pay again to get back into the circus. And they say that thousands of people went down that hallway because they were curious, what is an egress? Must be some new animal that they've discovered. And so, so every thought is a doorway. It's leading you somewhere. It's taking you somewhere. And Jesus has done everything he said he was going to do. He proved himself true to them. But they're hidden hidden away in this upper room because they don't know what to do next. And the Lord's trying to move them into a new dimension of life and faith. And they're still struggling with their old way of life and doing things. They're still trying to rationalize all this. And he said, I... I see trouble in, I see that you're disturbed, but more importantly, what disturbs me more is these thoughts that are arising, these doubts, these questions, this hesitation. He said, I'm trying to bring you into something new and a thought is trying to capture what I'm trying to bring you into and drag you back into the past. And I wonder this morning what thoughts that are arising in some of your hearts that's keeping you from taking that step of faith into a whole new dimension of life and spiritual opportunity. But some thought has you captivated. We had such a wonderful worship service going on earlier. I was so enraptured I forgot where I was. How just enjoying the moment. But while I'm enjoying the moment, I realize that there's somebody else in this building that's missing this moment because of a hair in their throat. They just can't swallow it. They just can't get it to go down. And that thought... This church doesn't like us. This church doesn't want us. These people don't really love Jesus. Oh, they're just a bunch of hypocrites. Yeah, you didn't know the pastor was going to show up today. Yeah. And the whole scene of our life is spoiled because we've allowed a thought to, to, 
to sabotage our life and God and a thought was was sabotaging what Jesus was trying to take them into this thought this this gateway that was trying to turn them away moving them toward an egress an exit and he was trying to bring them into a new day and a new opportunity and I'm talking to people in this building right now that over the last few weeks the Lord has been trying to bring you into a new depth of life, into a new understanding of who He is and you're allowing some rogue thought, some idea. Nobody likes us. The church is a bunch of hypocrites. Those people are fakes and all of the other stuff that gets, that creeps into our mind. You know, you can be worshiping the Lord and all of a sudden a thought come into your mind about something somebody did to you and it, you, you understand what happened it spoils the whole atmosphere it, it sours it's like a dirty diaper at a picnic it's horrible nobody wants that but it happens all the time we get something in our mind that somebody in the church doesn't like us or we don't like them because of something we think they did or didn't do. We, you know, it's amazing how many hypothetical things are built up in the mind over stuff that never even happened. It's not even true. But by the time it gets passed around two or three times and Facebook shares it two or three times, it has become a fact. We're living a Twitter lifestyle where we can say whatever, we can make up our own ideas about truth. You want, you know what John said in the last letter and when he was finishing up his last letter to the New Testament church, he said, keep yourselves from idols. What's an idol? An idol is an image that you create of God. It's some idea or thought that you have of God. Well, I don't believe God's like that. I don't believe he's that harsh. I don't believe he demands those things. I don't believe he requires it. And so we create this idol. We create this image of our own kind of God and Paul and John said that's the one thing you better watch out for in the end time and the last day is you're going to try to create your own version of God you're going to create your own ideas about him and the Lord said that kind of thinking is going to keep you from coming into real kingdom kind of thinking that's the trouble with our thoughts they can become like a hair in our throat. That we just have a hard time swallowing. But we're sitting in an atmosphere of the heavens. Folks, I don't think we could get any closer to heaven than we've been over the last few weeks. I'm telling you, I don't think we could get any closer to what heaven is going to be like than what we've experienced in our, our services. It's been powerful and it's there for a purpose. God's saying, come on, I'm trying to take you somewhere. And what's, we, we got these old thoughts that are trying to hang on. These tr- thoughts that trouble our heart. These ideas or thoughts about people or things that, that are holding us back and preventing us from really just giving all to God. Whatever happened 
to just really laying everything on the altar and say, God, it's yours. I'm not my own. I am bought with a price. I belong to you. Whatever you want of me, whatever you ask of me, that's what I am willing to do. Stand with me if you will. A thought, I, I, I don't even know how to finish but as he thinketh in his heart it's that thinking that's the trouble with thoughts they're a gateway somewhere they're a door that leads you somewhere and these disciples were on the verge of understanding what this new life was going to be like. And he said, I see the hands of old thoughts trying to pull you back into an old life. Amen. We have to break that stronghold. That's why Paul writing to the New Testament church said that the weapons of our warfare are not carnal. They are not carnal, but they are mighty through God to the pulling down of strongholds. Go ahead and read the rest of that verse. Bringing into captivity every thought. Why? Because it is that thought that's either going to take you closer to Him or keep you away from Him. It is that thought. It is that thought that will keep you from forgiving. It is that thought that will keep you trapped in your own misery and not build a bridge to somebody in your life of which it has been broken down. Because we have this thought. We have this thought. And that thought is what holds us captive. And we're in the midst of the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. I cannot even imagine. We're sitting in heavenly places, we're enjoying heavenly things. Folks, let me tell you something. What we've experienced around here, that's what's going to be in heaven. Just more of it. And the reason you're going to have a glorified body is because you couldn't contain a full portion of what God wants to do. That's what He's bringing us toward. But we've got these thoughts holding on to us saying, no, 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 no. You can't go into that new life. You can't really know that true joy. You'll never know that true happiness. You'll never have a real friend in your life. And it holds on to us. And Jesus comes into the room and says, why are you troubled? And why? Why do thoughts arise in your heart? Here. You need proof? Here. Right here. Touch me. 
I'm not afraid of you doing that. Come on. And that's all the Lord's asking of us today. He's got his hand stretched out and said, come on. You want new life? You want a better life? You want a closer relationship with God and with people? You want peace in your family? You want joy in your heart? You want relationships to be mended? You want things to be healed in your life? Hey, there's hands that are reaching out to you today saying, I can help that come to pass. I can make that possible in your life. I can make it happen if you'll just reach out and touch me. His hands are extended. Come on. Come on. Touch me. Somebody dare to touch him right now. Somebody dare to push through all those garbage thoughts that have trapped you, all that trash that's been in your mind, all those ideas about the church and people and all that garbage that goes on in the mind. Some of you just need to push your way through that and start reaching out toward Him. Just reach out to Him. He's there. He's here. He's right where you are. Just He's waiting on you. He's, he's just waiting on you to try Reach out and touch Him. Come on, everybody. Make an effort today to reach out to Him. In your way, however that way is. If if you want to come to the altar, I'm inviting you here. If you want to do it in the pew, you can do it there. But whatever you do, don't let a thought steal this moment from your life. Don't let a thought keep you away from what God is wanting to draw you into. What He's trying to make possible in your life. Oh, yes, Lord. Harabamo kosori and harabaya.